Hello, friend. Welcome to episode 22 of Sally's Performing Arts Lab podcast. Every day I gotta stop for a minute Think about how good my life is with you in it Every day I wanna stop and think about you I'm your host, Sally Adams, and every Monday evening, I talk to people about making original work for the stage. If you're not a Performing Arts Lab subscriber, Sally Pal can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and many others. Find a podcast platform and subscribe to Sally Pal. Leave comments, give me a review, or send an email to sally at sallypal.com. Your ideas keep great conversations coming every Monday evening. Thanks so much to those of you who continue to share. Thanks to Connie, Steve, Jeremy, Pat, Emily, George, Vicky, and all of you who are spreading the word. Don't forget about the freebies! on sallypal.com slash join. You can still get your 20-page free theater resource. It's a glossary of live performance support you might need for your show. It's useful, entertaining, and there are places to scribble the notes for your show on the pages. Today's episode features an amazing young artist, David Colocolo. As a senior in the accounting program at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., David is like many other serious-minded young men about to embark on a successful career in the corporate world. But just under the surface is a passionate, thoughtful, poetic soul. David is a spoken word artist and musician who draws energy from his Christian faith. Although his poetry is not filled with religion, his walk as a believer is all-encompassing. David's non-judgmental approach to his art and his life is nothing short of inspiring. Before sharing our interview with you, I want to play the poem he wrote and performed that spoke to me as a mother, a daughter, and as a human being. You'll find a link to the performance in the Sally Pal show notes. I hope you enjoy David Colocolo's spoken word piece, Anthology of Apologies. It's like old nine in your basement and a new piano. And there's evil and there's Accio and of course Stefano. And there's demons in this household through what the TV showed. You walk out doing laundry and throw Satan out the door. You would say, go do the dishes, I just play. I wouldn't listen, these black hands are like cow hoops. Pound black and white till black and blue form right under your eardrums. Sitting in my lessons from a big house to an airport. I'm dating with flyers. You listen, smile at me and say, son, you're gonna be something. You keep pressing at those keys till one of those unlocks you. I kept pressing through my depression, through suicidal, backsliding that one bike that no one's riding those demons. We exercised them in a treadmill in the Cleveland Clinic being tested by doctors and we didn't know and I hold your hand. I'm holding hope that it's small or something. It's open heart. They open my heart. They wheel me in like a shopping cart. But I made it out, and I cleaned the house. Kick Satan out. Take a day off. You deserve it. Because when nurses wheeled your last son into an operating room, and tears wheeled down my face, I saw yours. They didn't move. Bright smile, big kiss. Okay, son, I'll see you soon. Blacked out. Didn't know where I was. I hear you, and I know. On my back for eight hours, you on knees for 16. After they cut my heart open, I understood your heart 
brokenness when I played doctor at the dinner table, diagnosing what I thought was wrong with you, licking my knife and leaving you to lick your wounds, handing you loose tooth and half truths, my fingers crossed, nailing you to one. Those same hands punching at doors, a mind addicted to anger and achievement, thinking that GPAs can win affection, I should know you better. Wanting two-dimensional lust, missing three-dimensional love. Really thinking that technology could ever replace your touch, I should know you better. That to expect a world of hurt and get a swarm of hugs. To sweep my sins under the rug of dishonesty till memories of your kindness made me go fetch it. So for words I never said, for deeds I never did, if I can make an anthology of apology, I would ask God to remember your storyboard and all the good you plotted out for me, to choose angels for his characters and direct passion through those living screens on a big screen in the sky, to let heaven and earth see all you have done, all you have done for me. David and I met at an outdoor community space near my daughter's apartment in Arlington, Virginia. You'll probably hear traffic, children playing, and other background noises during the interview. Be sure to listen until the end of the interview with David Colocolo for concise advice from the interview and words of wisdom from George. Let's get started. I am here in Arlington, Virginia with David Colo. Is your full name Kolo Kolo? Yes. Where does your name come Nigerian. from? It is Nigerian. Okay. Yes. Well, David was a student at the school where I taught for years and years. And although I never had him as a student, I did watch his career as a spoken word artist. And he is a phenom, went to the Nationals in yes, Chicago yes. for spoken word with Louder Than a Bomb. And now you're studying accounting at right, George Washington out. University. Yes. Tell me, how do you get from the kind of spoken word that you are doing, which is uh, verging on hip hop, right. to, to accounting? First of all, I was never, as much as I did, English was at, at the school, English was actually my worst subject. What? Actually. Really? On my report, actually my best subject was chemistry. My junior <laughs> year, my chemistry teacher, we had comments at the, our report cards, and he was like, yeah, David's really great at chemistry. And so ironically, I'm now roommates with the med students. So I was never, I never thought I was good at chemistry. I thought I was just yeah. a requirement, and like my last year I was... That's amazing to me because it feels like you've shifted from right to left brain, but in fact, you were probably left brain all along. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> that probably shows how left brain I am, but I don't know the difference. So left I, brain is more pattern seeking, and you think of math people being in left brain, and uh, yeah. right brain think, with more... I think I'm too stubborn to listen to those things. I'm right. like, when I hear those things, like, oh, are you an auditory learner or a visual? I'm going to learn it however, if I really need to learn. I'm going to learn if I have a notebook or a laptop, I'm going to learn. So. Well, how did you get sucked into the spoken word art? Because you're phenomenal. Well, well I grew up listening to hip-hop. It was like in the house. It was okay. My brothers played it. So it, was, it wasn't anything... But there's like more this was, to it than that, to go from listening to it to a style well, of always, music. Yeah, but we always did it. So okay. um, amongst our childhood family friend that's a producer in Miami. No. Okay, and you're, so, you're, you still do music yes, with yes, friends and whatever, yes, but are you yes. doing that style of music or have you changed I your do, style? I, well, the thing is, is that my home was, I mean, we, we could listen to anything from Bill Gaither gospel to Hillsong gospel to the most vulgar rap music. So it wasn't, there was any... To me, in my head, there wasn't any... My identity was never in, oh, this is the music I listen to. Right, or These right, are the right. clothes I wear. Um, Which is always 
a sticky wicket when you're in middle school and high school especially. Right, right. Because you're trying to find yourself, and right. if people peg you, then you can get stuck. Well, the thing is that I never, outside of the school context or the poetry context, that I never really hung out with people on that regular basis. So still, I'm still trying to get used to that in college. Yeah. Hanging out with people? Yeah. How is that going? It's going well so yeah, far, yeah. yeah. I bet but, you made a lot of friends. You're a young African-American man. Right, yeah. So... Did it ever get in your way, you think, that people made assumptions about who you were? Oh, uh, of course, yeah. So I, say and something I do the about same that. thing. I do the same thing. With people? Yeah, like, I, do, I absolutely do the same thing. Here you are in a school that's predominantly white. Yes, I struggle with that reaction too. So, yeah, yeah I'm not, I don't fit that reaction. I know, because you don't. I mean, talking to you, I feel like you're, um, you're such an intellectual in many ways right. that it almost bumps up against what I've seen y- you do in performance. Mm-hmm. So all kids do this. It right. just doesn't matter what their background is. Right. But sometimes when I see kids who are clearly trying to fit into that hip-hop right. style, right. I think oh, that's well, not yeah. your style. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for yeah. you, because that's something that you're familiar with maybe from mm-hmm. listening to the music, it just felt very natural. Right. You made me cry with a mm-hmm. poem that you did on your mom. And I wonder, how do you get there? Maybe hip-hop, but I think the thing with hip-hop, I'm not no hip-hop historian or... Right, right, right. But hip-hop is not about... I guess the, the being from the hood or gangster hip-hop or violent hip-hop is one genre. Beyond with that, hip-hop is about young people, mostly minorities, but anybody at this point. Uh, well, to me, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, that's, that's yeah. all... It, there's music, the words rhyme, and people say what they want to say. But it's, when I was listening to you all, it was more than just the words rhyme, because there was no Dr. Seuss going on. It was, oh, right, com- right, it was right. complex. Right, yes, and, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Thoughtful. Right, right. Um, and the best of it had some gravitas. Mm-hmm. You know, like it clearly meant something to you. And when you're young, finding a way to say it mm-hmm. can be very liberating, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you find that it helped you find your place in that world? In one way, yes. I could say that it made interactions with new people. They would know who I am or, or something like that. I didn't so have to didn't... have any awkward interaction of first meeting. Because they but heard it, you. Right. But in another way, it made it worse. And this is my opinion. I can't say it for everyone, no, 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 but I'm, for yeah. the state, the stages can be a very lonely place. Because, that is so true. Yeah, it's, that is so true. It, yeah, it can be a very lonely place. Because at one end, it's like... In LTAB, we perform three minutes. That's your poem. It's lonely because you put so much time in. And to me, the more interesting, like, I'm a big any like sports fan. But to me, it's like, what are they doing in practice? Because, I mean, I have NBA basketball in 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, you know, a series or whatever. But to me, it's like, what, what are they like in the gym? What were they like growing up when they, you know, went to the rec center or outside? So for me, it's like, you kind of just walked in, you saw the three minutes. And, and it brings this illusion that I'm talented, which is fair. But for me, it was more like when I see someone, quote unquote, talented, I want to think more of, about their work ethic. And because to me, I didn't like wake up and do this. I, for me, it's like it became a way of life. And in high school, it happened to be a way for me to do it. But to me, in my mind, it wasn't much of anything. More like you knew the work ethic involved in being successful. No, no, I didn't know that I was, it was in retrospect that you're, I knew, yeah. Do you look back and are you surprised by that? I didn't, I didn't know that I was working towards something. I felt it was more, I felt God was directing my life in a certain way, so much so that the steps were ordained. 
did you find that a mission arose out of doing that? Well, I feel there's a mission always because of my Christian faith. Mm-hmm. The one, one scholar puts it this way, and I've, always, I've copied it since I heard it, is that humans' mission in life is to, at least in the biblical narrative, is to take the glory of God. It's almost like a mirror, you know, and you take the glory of God and you deflect it to the earth. And so that's where you get all the steward the earth, the cultivate the earth. But not just farming, but creating culture, creating poems, cultivating yeah. a poem. But then also take the worship of creation, you know, beauty of creation and that praise and give it to God. So for me, when I do a poem, I've tried to do this recently. My recent performance is to say a prayer that before it's presentation to the people, that it's, all, it's an offering to use that language to God. In terms of the mission, do you feel that creation itself is the end result, or does it move beyond that? I think that writing a poem that I believe God can use to shape me or to shape someone else when I present it or those things, but there's also, there's the, in terms of the piece itself, I feel it always can evolve. Have um, you ever felt like you messed with it too much, like your ego got involved? Maybe not, no, maybe not yeah. with the poem. Maybe maybe my reaction to, maybe patting myself on the back too much or... Right. Or some, but in terms of the poem, I don't think so. Yeah, because your poems, they have a complexity. Mm-hmm. And I think that they almost have to because it's right. a rapid fire thing and right. there are layers and layers. So it seems like it would be, it would take a lot to create some of those pieces. Yes. So you spend a lot of time on them. Yes, but I, I wish I would track them. I wish I like how, but I, I mean, of course I don't. You but, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But That's actually think, not a bad sign. Right. On one level, there's mo- they're emotionally. I think the one you saw on the internet. Part of it for me was this person is expressing something authentic. Right. And that came across loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've been to a lot of spoken word performances. Mm-hmm. Often in a local setting, you'll see people who are expressing things that don't seem as authentic. Yes. It's more like they're pandering. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that about all of them, but I just mm-hmm. say, you know, you see your fair share. And I have never once seen you perform, and I've seen you perform quite a lot, Mm -hmm. and never once felt like you pandered to your Mm. audience. You were in service to the work, to the Mm -hmm. art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of rare, which is why I I laughed when you said you were studying accounting, because I thought, here you have this thing that seems pretty rare, which you can do and be an accountant, like I did theater while I was doing other things for years and years. Could it have gone somewhere else could you have ended up a dancer you know yeah could you have maybe yeah absolutely right well to me yeah but yeah and 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 those are two very they're still viable options Uh, they always are yeah which is the genius thing about the arts is you can play the piano and be a doctor right you can sing and be a teacher right you don't really make a career out of that sometimes Mm -hmm. but you can continue to practice it and I've heard kids tell me for years I'm going to do a career in this because I can make money at it but what I really want to do is I think well you should probably do what you really want to do Mm, yeah yeah. because you know and talking to you it sounds like you're fascinated with the corporate world I imagine that wherever you go sounds like it'll be a mission in a sense yes it is but it's relational in that I don't believe life is about making a lot of money or even life is about, I'm struggling with this, I don't even think life is about me expressing my most earnest uh, emotional being or something or, or existentially getting fulfilled in life. I think it's more about God's kingdom coming and through that the world becoming 
a new place and heaven and earth becoming one and relationships with people with God of course restored but with people too and with the earth so I think my poetry is a hope to point to that and also to say that we're not it's it's almost a cry a, a psalm to God like why is it not there yet. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot so of people gas. are asking that. Yeah. I just read a piece not too long ago, and if I can find it, I'll put it in my show notes, mm-hmm. that is about how earth is heaven and it is hell mm. and it is your choice. Mm. Yeah. And I thought that's an interesting way to look at yeah. it. Part of the reason for the podcast is as a creator, I see that we have A, an opportunity to express something that will connect us to others, mm-hmm. and B, all culture is based in stories. Mm-hmm. So, That's very true. yeah, whatever stories we're telling, we have an opportunity to make an impact on our culture. And that's what I see with you and the kids who do mm. the Louder Than a Bomb performances. Because whenever I go to those, I walk away so uplifted. Mm. And then I'm hoping you'll continue to participate mm-hmm. like as a spoken word artist or as a coach even, and maybe even as a musician. So tell me about your what you're doing musically. Well, I, I rap, so I'm toying with releasing a rap album, mixtape, whatever you call yeah. it, whatever the the correct term is there's that aspect of hip-hop I don't play any of the the instruments I don't do any of the musical production I have friends that do that give me the music and then I I think about it and wrestle with it so there's that that's that's one way I do music the other way is my roommate who I was talking about I'll play guitar for him I'll play in the background he'll cover a song and I'll learn it there's that way that I'll play for him or and then the third way I play in my church now what kind of music do you play in church we play like Christian contemporary music is like a genre of itself uh, to my own head, so it's like yeah, and it's it's pretty broad at that. It's broad, yeah, too. It's very Hillsongish, very um, alternative, I guess. There's bass and drums, and <laughs> there's verses and choruses. So okay. I guess it's like some variation of rock. It's kind of like it's like I sometimes say it's YouTube for Jesus. Do you do original so. stuff? We've done original stuff. It's an original song that's kind of known in the community, so okay. it's like it's like yeah. Yeah. So people are already in on it. Yeah. But, I mean, I haven't talked to my worship pastor about how much it's all. I, I kind of just show up and play. I assume they're open to that, and they're, they're thinking, and they're probably wrestling with it, too. So they, okay. they're a relatively young church. I want to know if you have any advice for someone who is, let's say, between high school and college, and they're making choices. Like, mm-hmm. they've done arts in school, but they maybe don't feel drawn to that as a career. So what would you tell them? Because it doesn't appear to me that you've actually had to give that up. If you decide, oh, if you decide not to yeah. make art your career, how, how, how do, do you, you keep it in your life? Oh, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have the answer. I think art, oh, that's a good question. I think the interesting thing I found with poetry is at its base level, people think, oh, poetry is do whatever. And, you know, free, and especially with the free verse type of poetry, just kind of do whatever. But in my head, and especially I've, I live with a couple of musicians, there's the higher we've gone up, there's, there's like technical, very technical things. Like that's how chance raps. It's very mathematical. That's how Migos raps. So I think of, I think of that. So I'm thinking in very technical terms. Okay, if I'm playing guitar for my friend, I'm like, all right, this is the chord progression. And then, okay, that that's the root, and then that's the fifth, and then so I can, I, if I want to do that, I'm have to put this input. So it's very mathematical, of course. But I'm supposed to be, you know, loosey goosey expressing myself. But it's very scientific. With accounting at its base level, it's this number goes here, this number goes here, this rule, this principle, this legal regulations law. But as you go higher, higher and up, you think, well, if the company does this, then this will happen. If it does, so it, it can become very artistic. Not not in the 
nitty-gritty of its accounting, but yeah. in its application. So for me, I think there's that one aspect where your art may not always be, your art may be rigid and your career may be very flexible. Fluid, Fluid yeah. yes. And I think too, in doing your art, even for someone like me who creates very isolated, just, just like walking down the street or something for right before bed, it's isolated settings. Art usually is a more communal thing. And it doesn't have to be personal, it could be online. I'm hip hop is with something that came through the medium. I didn't live with hip hop. Right. But it came through the, the medium of it. But those are very communal. I'm starting to realize. Faith too, I can, I can reading mi about missionaries. and So yeah. it's a very communal thing. And I think the third thing too is that more and more of my Christianity, I'm, I'm realizing that worship is, I was really influenced by a message about worship. That worship, it binds together all of the areas of your life. Besides your career and your um, your art, you're many other things. You're a son and a brother and you could be a father and all these other things and a church member all at the same time. How do you bind all those things together? Well, worship can do that. And so when you do that, you're it'll be more, this is not just about me being this and this, you know, America likes things segregated in right, many ways. Right. But it doesn't have to be that way, at least for, at least from my framework, the Christian framework that I carry is that yeah. it doesn't have to be this is my Sunday playing bass and and this interview aren't me being secular now and then on Sunday I'm being religious. It's these are both I haven't took off my Jesus, you know, shirt. I'm still that <laughs> wherever I go, you know. When you think with that mindset, you can go approach your career and whatever you're interested in in art and in your career. Yeah. And if you're choosing something else as your career, you're five to nine or after work, you don't have to go, you know, the happy hour, you don't have to go straight home or you you and your family and you and your circle and community can come up with different ideas because you need to become a different person at five o'clock or at 9 a.m. or when your work schedule came. That's or, actually yeah. so liberating. Yeah, you're I, the same person. Yeah. It sounds like you are liberated by that. Yes, absolutely, yeah. This is absolutely. fantastic. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you so much. Yeah. It's time now for Concise Advice from the Interview. Ooh. A short version of tips from my guest, spoken word artist David Colocolo. Get up, get up. Here are five great bits of advice. Number five, as you grow as an artist, pay attention to your technique. Number four, art is communal, even if you create in solitude. Number three, sharing digitally is a legitimate way to create a communal experience. Number two, share your whole self with your community. And the number one piece of advice from spoken word artist David Colocolo, worship can bind together all the areas of your life, including your art. That's it for concise advice from the interview. Next week, you'll hear my conversation with director, playwright, performer, Julie Tattershall. Check out the blog, sallypal.com, for articles and podcast episodes and to sign up for a free Creator's Notebook insert. Thank you for sharing, subscribing, reviewing, joining, and really and truly thank you for listening. I want you to pursue your dream to have your original work on the stage in front of a live audience. It's scary, but I'll be here with advice, encouragement, and a growing community of people like us. If you like Sally Pal, a new podcast goes out every Monday evening. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sally, and this is Sally Pal. The P-A-L in Pal stands for Performing Arts Lab. Now, 
I have one bit of wisdom from George, my husband, the coolest guy on the planet. George, what's your wisdom for today? If you love life, life will love you back. Well said, George. Well said. Excellent advice indeed. Remember, all the performances you've seen on stage once lived only in someone's imagination. Now, it's your turn. If you're downloading and listening on your drive to work or falling asleep to my crazy talk like my sister does, let me know you're out there. I want to help you create original shows for a live audience. Let's do it together. If you're not a Sally Pal, uh, shh, be quiet, Charlie. I said platforms twice. Well, now that had a little bit more pizzazz, but I'm not being funny, so I'm just not. Are you asleep in there? Well, that just sounded kind of wrong, but ah, a free collectors. Mm. Go we can keep going. Yeah. yeah.